2: with one week to go to the start of the training for Sonia O'Sullivan's Irishman Running Abroad Half Marathon Challenge, we look at the most common mistakes runners make in training for a big event like this. It's all part of the mental preparation for taking on something big, right, Sonia? Try to familiarise yourself with the pitfalls along the way in order to avoid falling into them. That's a good idea, right? That's, that's a good thing. Kind of know, know where you can go wrong to start with so that when you set out, you know what to expect
0: yeah i mean i suppose if you i suppose the thing is a lot of people are going to be very excited and enthusiastic the motivation will be high and sometimes you can be too excited yeah (laughs) you can actually forget what you're actually trying to do so the idea of it sounds great Mm -hmm. and i suppose people they think about the finish rather than the start Absolutely. You know, that's our kind of thing is to help them to get to the start line and then when they get there, to not worry about getting to the finish line and that, you know, when you're on the start line, you know, you've done enough work, enough training um, to believe that, you know, you can get to the finish line in one piece, you know, Mm. because anyone could do it, like, if they wanted to, but we want you to get there and to enjoy it and to, you know, feel like you're in control and that's what it is, a half marathon, You shouldn't really be out of your, I suppose, comfort zone early on in the race. Definitely not until, you know, past halfway.
2: Well, last week we announced our team captains for the Irishman running abroad half-marathon challenge live on the show. Ashling de Maison in France, Neil Fusco in Wicklow, and they will be our team leaders for the training that starts in earnest on June 20th. And we also notified our squad members, the squad selection, roughly 20 listeners and athletes of all abilities, a range of different abilities across the board, they will follow Neil and Aisling on the journey. Sonia has spent the last week assessing their fitness goals and running habits. Many of them are returning to running or in the case of one athlete, Brendan Dempsey, getting out there for the very first time. So quite a, a few uh, were asked to get out and run their local park run on Saturday to gauge where their fitness is or where their fitness is at, as Sonia put it last week. Quite a few of them surprised themselves. Laura Hobbins and Michael Kinahan specifically ran times they weren't expecting, which is always a nice bump at the start of things. Right, Sonia?
0: Um, Yeah, well, I suppose it's nice to surprise yourself, but 5K and half marathon is a big difference. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's the gap. That's the gap that we're going to help everybody to fill. Um, And, you know, I think you can you know put all your numbers in and project out where you will be, but you know the pace that you have allows you to train at the slower levels, and you just need to put in the time and the effort I think to you know really to put yourself in the best position to line mm-hmm. up for a half marathon in what will be like eleven weeks time.
2: So obviously, Sonia now works out in Oregon, if you don't know this, with the Nike Union Athletic Club stars like Constance Kloster, or Coco, as we know or Sinclair Johnson, Jessica Hull and many more. So she sees the challenges they face in heading into training blocks. But what about? us non-elite athletes, do we all tend to make the same mistakes? Later on in the show, we'll be joined by one of the most respected strength conditioning uh, coaches and sports scientists in Ireland, Dominic Manelli. Dominic is no stranger to seeing how the general public train for marathons and the roadblocks they tend to run into or create for themselves in some cases. He's a published author, a regular contributor on radio and TV back home, and has more than 20 years of experience in the business. Most recently, he appeared on the radio. I don't know, did you see this, Sonia? Uh, Dominic was on the radio dealing with this very strange article that came out and said that running marathons for men over 40, specifically men, is actually bad for them we'll have some fun sorting through <laughs> some facts stro- separating facts from fiction in a little quiz that we're going to do with sonia and dominic later and you of course can play along sonia we were absolutely scorched here in london over the weekend mikey ran his first park run my local half marathon took place you at the ncaa's and heavy rain over there didn't you
0: yes it was um it, <laughs> it was torrential rain at times I was at two, two track meets at the NCAA championships in Eugene, Oregon, at the stadium for the world championships. And um, it gives you a test of what it'll be like if it rains at all during the championships. The best advice would be for people to buy the cheap seats <laughs> way up high in the roof. <laughs> yeah, because they're covered there's not much, It's a beautiful stadium absolutely looks fantastic even in the rain i went for a walk around on saturday morning because it was just so wet i just didn't feel like going for a run (laughs) i'm just gonna walk around here and enjoy it i was also on my down week so it was a nice excuse to you know go for a walk and not have to lace up the runners but you know walking you get twice as wet in twice the time i suppose (laughs) but it was warm rain so that's the only thing i suppose that was of benefit the warm rain um and people here they don't use umbrellas very much and i think we might have discussed this before i went to a second track meet after the NCA's myself and sophie was with me and we rushed back for the portland track festival and it was i mean that was there wasn't much shelter there at all but i had my big umbrella which i inherited from the australian team from the olympics last year and anybody who sees you with an umbrella in Portland, they say, oh, you're only visiting, aren't you? You're still a tourist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I said, no, I'm just sensible. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just got a bit of cop on, that's all. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're sitting in the middle of a field, like, you know, thinking <laughs> an umbrella's a good idea.
2: <laughs> Weird. I remember being in Minnesota in Rochester and it's like sub-zero temperatures. Tina and myself, the big puffy jackets on and all the Minnesota people just strolling around in their jumpers. Go <laughs> going, look at these two <laughs> hobos arriving. <laughs> you do feel like a fish out of water. As I mentioned, M- Mikey did run his first one on your recommendation, Sonia, as part of my down week i think i think you were right that getting mikey to come along forced me to slow it down uh, mikey is 11 and uh, he did it in under 30 minutes at a very relaxed pace pointing out ducklings to me telling me his favorite dogs it was honestly saying was a real eye-opener because i, I guess there are Two, maybe three worlds within the park run world, isn't there? There's the people. Oh,
0: Loads of worlds, I think, in
2: there. Yeah. Well, there's the there's the people at Mad Eggs at the front who are like, "I'm going to break 20. and like they're like <laughs> running for it. Like this is the biggest thing in my week. I don't think they all talk like that, but many of them seem to, and <laughs> they're they're literally shouting at marshals get out of the way to people that are slower than them and you're like i'm in the group a good bit behind that with mikey and they're just loving the park run they're just everyone's going you're doing great <laughs> it's just such an eye-opener for me to go oh this is what this is what it really is all about isn't it
0: no mm-hmm. well they all thank the marshals mm-hmm. as they head around the they? And wave and in Australia they give high fives I'm not sure if they do that anymore yep. now that might be uh, off limits is it? There
2: was a kid <laughs> with a big spongy gigantic hand <laughs> that was giving out high fives to everyone another guy with a cowbell that he was rattling to get us through the last corner it was really really special I have to say uh, maybe now is the time before we bring Dominic Manelli on the live line let's go around the parishes and talk about a few park runs and a few of our listeners what they've been up to this weekend. We'll start with Mark Dwyer, who, as I said, is part of the Irishman Running Abroad Half Marathon Challenge, heading up to Larn for the Antrim Coast Half Marathon. And as Sonia said, she wanted to get a gauge on where people were. Well, he headed out and ran his in 35 minutes flat, he said. Tough going, especially getting lapped at 1.6 kilometres, he said. Windy conditions in Nace, but delighted to get the body moving after his last run in April. He says his body is in shock, but uh, a long week on the home front is this is the things that you forget his family was navigating the vomiting bug and all sorts of stuff but as he rightly points out it's a small step in the right direction down the road towards Larne. so congratulations to you mark Dwyer, on getting out there
0: well i have um i i do this very randomly here now <laughs> it's a quick scan through and who will I like pull out and um so the first person out of the hat today is um james dargan ward and he is uh, in Red Farnham in Dublin. And he actually runs in um, a park that I like to run sometimes, um, Bushy Park in oh, Dublin. Yeah. I, yeah. I know we all know Bushy Park in London. I don't run many laps of that. Um, but Bushy Park in South Dublin is, it's a very nice park. It's kind of got a mix of fields and there's a few hills and we run alongside the Dodder River and he was in there doing some gentle intervals so i wonder what that was maybe it was a bit of bark yeah but well <laughs> done to james i'm getting out there 10k in under five minutes per kilometer pace
2: another person part of our squad heading to learn is pamela carney scoffel she's i've mentioned her on the show before out in houston she did a 50 kilometer trail race this weekend in hood in oregon not too far from you sonia Oh, I know. Who
0: did you say that was?
2: uh, Her name is Pamela Schofel.
0: Oh, right, because I know another girl who actually... um ran that on the weekend as well. Is I ran with her last weekend and she was easing down you know running 10 miles with oh, us
2: last yeah. weekend.
0: But it looked like the conditions were rough now. That's the rain. You'll find yeah. you'll know what the rain is about there.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at the pictures. Fair play to Pamela. She ran it with who she calls her endurance sister Kirsten Stephan. Uh She did four, 50 kilometres in a time of 7 hours 15 minutes. Absolutely banana stuff. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Chris Marr while Added as well. Chris is a listener in London and he sent this lovely email saying that. Uh, He headed to Victoria Park on Saturday and his friend Andy Goulding asked him, would he pay some for his attempt not to break 20, Sonia, but to break 18 minutes for 5K? And he absolutely smashed it. 17.57, Andy Goulding ran. And Christopher Marr, a true friend, has sent in this email to get him the shout out in Around the Parishes. (coughs) Well, there you go. Congratulations, Andy Goulding, breaking 18 for 5K. Fair play. that's something else
0: that that's fantastic you know I mean that seems a world away breaking 18 minutes for five kilometers I yesterday I went to run with Sophie and um, she's kind of having a little bit of an easy couple of weeks as well after her NCA kind of she got to the regional championships this year mm. and um, she was she was a little bit sick then after that so she's easing back into things and then going to get herself ready hopefully for the um, cross-country season. In, yes, starting in yes. September. So we I took her out for a run yesterday at this place I like to run. And, you know, you're kind of when you're going somewhere on a rainy day, you're wondering, oh, what will it be like out there? Will it be muddy and slippy and everything else? But it was grand. It was very nice alongside a, a nice lake. And, um, but you know, it's hard to slow someone down who's naturally, you know, can, can run faster than you. So she wasn't quite one step from me. She was like nearly three steps ahead. <laughs> and I was telling her, you can go, you can go on if you like. <laughs> no, it's out and back. There's only one section I need to show you. Um, but she was insisting on hanging around and chatting to me the whole way, which was really nice.
2: Lovely um, stuff.
0: And I And I definitely was running a few. PRs on or PBs or whatever you call them on sections along the way <laughs> as, we, as we headed out there in the rain but it, it you know it's all, it's amazing I've done this run a few times by myself and just running along and listening to headphones and stuff but it's a different energy when you're running with somebody
2: of course yeah and
0: um, and even more when you're trying to keep up and you know you know that it's going to come a time when you're going to have to turn around and come back
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got to do it all again
0: so I think I think that's the thing that we will have to work on with a lot of our athletes is that, you know, I suppose you have to run in the moment, but you still do have to kind of save a bit for the end. You know, you can't use up all your energy in that first 10K.
2: Mm, Absolutely. You have to
0: kind of spread your energy across the whole thing so that you get so far in that, you know, there's only 5K left and then we can, you know, it it doesn't seem so bad then. Mm. Yeah, I have one more here. As well, at Mark Anthony Stacy, and he is in um, Sarawak in Malaysia. And what stood out for me here was he, he just looked, it's a small little loop here, and he's doing laps and laps and laps of it. He's run 10 kilometers in 56 minutes around this loop, and it's called the Park Residence Loop. And he's the local legend. He must run it every day. <laughs> <laughs> he's been around there 354 times.
2: Oh, my Lord. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but he must be getting the, I can't tell how many laps he's done here now for the 10k but it's a lot it's yeah like I'm
2: looking a, at it too it's nearly an oval that he's running there fair yeah, play it's, to you Mark
0: I know and there's a nice park beside him there the nature reserve. but maybe you're not allowed to run in there
2: <laughs> maybe not Mark <laughs> Anthony Stacy out in Malaysia
0: so well done and I'm sure it's pretty hot out there too
2: final shout out uh, goes to uh, Ricky uh, do you know about Ricky Wynn, Sonia? I think I sent you a message about this man. Oh,
0: um, yes. I didn't see what he did, actually. Yeah. He running up and down. Um, what Croke was this? Patrick. Um, yeah. yeah.
2: Mountain endurance oh. so runner from do? County Leitrim. He is hoping to run up and down Croke Patrick. <laughs> now, get ready to, to rewind the next 15 seconds. Up and down Croke Patrick 15 times in one day. That was the plan for June 11th. Ricky Wynn hoped to break two world records while raising money for motor neuron disease research, and he feckin' did it. No (laughs) way. 35 minutes to spare. (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) Some man, Ricky Wynn, you were definitely the runner of the week this week. That is just. Is he
0: on Strava?
2: He is on Strava, and I even put in a message to him going, We've got to get you on to talk about this. I don't know if he'd be in a fit position to put together two words but jeepers (laughs) this fella looks fit uh he's a builder from drum shambo good man yourself ricky win your final show i saw
0: him he was on the news here the week wasn't he yeah Um, on rte i think had a story a video about him and um yeah i mean he was just like running along nicely it didn't look like it was hard work (laughs) for him at all he looked like he was just chilling how many times did he walk and down
2: 15 times like it's it's an absurd record to beat but i think it's time now to bring in dominic Manelli on the live line
1: talk to jar on 1850 715 815
2: Good afternoon to you, Dominic, you're on the live line. (laughs) It's great (laughs) to have you here, Uh, Dominic. You're a man who has coached so many people to half marathon and marathon success. If we were to start this conversation off with the number one pitfall that people face, both self-created and just naturally existing, what would it be in your opinion?
3: Uh, it's very easy. They do too much training in what we call the black hole of training. Um, so we recommend a kind of what we would call a polarized model of training as kind of um I suppose uh, it originated from the work of a sports scientist called Stephen Where, But it's, it's not new stuff in the running community. This is quite kind of uh, well-known since back in the days of Arthur Lydiard. But basically, 80% of your training should be done at low to medium intensity. And then 20% of your training is done at kind of like very high intensity, race pace sort of training. The problem for most people is that they do probably about 80% of the training in the middle. So it's neither it's not hard enough to be kind of productive that it's at uh, high intensity, but it's not easy enough to be done um, at a pace that's very repeatable. Because essentially what training, as we all would agree, comes down to is repeatability and and volume and frequency, because you can't do an awful lot if you're not able to train at an optimal frequency. Mm -hmm. And that's not possible to do if you're training at that kind of what we would call in the black hole of training.
2: Now, I'd imagine it's really tough, uh, Sonia, for you to hear this. After I took about 18 months for Sonia to get that very message through to me. We laughed about it in Cove when we did the after party for the Cove 10, Sonia. But it is it is just something that people struggle to get into their head. What would you put that down to, Sonia? And is it something that you also see with elite athletes?
0: Oh, you see, with everybody, it's um, it's when I Constantly telling people is, you know, the greater the the differential between your slow runs and your fast runs, then the better you will be at doing your fast stuff and doing the races. Hmm. So most people, like um, Dominic said, operate in the middle zone, which is you know it's neither here nor there. You're kind of you're you're not helping yourself at all. You're just kind of you're just not you're not working on the extremes, and you're basically working in the comfort zone i suppose is what you're doing it's and something that you, you can easily do all the time but it doesn't actually it doesn't move you on to another level it makes you a decent runner but not a great runner and and by great runner i mean everybody can be a great runner you know in their own way in their own mm. comparing to themselves to themselves yeah a bet- a better runner than you already are that's what we're all trying to do we're all out there on our watches checking our times our splits and i think that's the problem what's caused this is the fact that people have the watches they know how fast they're going how far they're going they're always worried about the pace and then they're going back onto strava and they're comparing it to all their friends yes. and worry worried what people might think i was even explaining this to sophie yesterday that people are worried about their average pace at the end of a run and it's kind of a a lot of cyclists do this and triathletes, they're always worried about the average pace. But it's not all about that at all, because the first few kilometers can be nice and easy. Then you can do a little bit of work in the middle, which would be at threshold pace, or it might be at a higher level pace, depending on what day of the week it is. And then you do a few easy runs. So when you put that all together, then the average is going to be totally messed up, because that's not, you're not working on the average. You're working on the extremes.
2: Yeah, so yeah.
0: Strava needs to energy. sort
2: that out. I think you're right. That's a statistic that Strava puts front and center each time when yes. it, it's not really, as you say, a goal of any sort. Dominic, would you go along with this idea of yeah. over datafying ourselves and the garden fence aspect of having all this posting uh, results online?
3: Yeah, well, it's a bit of a modern disease we have of accelerated living where everything has to be analysed. So um, data is kind of great for that and technology is great for that, but it causes this sort of feeling that you're never doing enough Mm. and it's very difficult to enjoy anything if you're constantly worrying if you're doing it well enough. And then the, the last point on that is, that constant kind of self-improvement can become this over-self-analysis. And that, a, a, again, is all part of the same package, same problem. So my solution for something like Astrava or any sort of um, analytical model like that is that it would need to be integrated with some other way of, of evaluating kind of like your readiness to train, like a HRV-type model, where people can wake up every day and kind of go, no, no, Right, my HRV score, which is the balance between the two different sort of parts of your nervous system, the sympathetic, which is kind of like your fight, fight, flight, kind of like go, go, go sort of system, and then your parasympathetic, which is like rest, digest, recover, okay? So if if you're well-balanced between those two extremes, as Sonia put it earlier, then that's probably a good day to kind of push it a little bit more, and we call them in our training go days, and then the days we have to take it a bit handier are your slow days. We we never would call things (laughs) like rest days or recovery days because what I learned over time is people hate you using that terminology to go this is unproductive i'm not going to get anything out Mm. of this so whereas if we flip it and kind of go look we just describe it as go day which you're probably going to do only about 20-25 percent of your sessions like that and your slow day remember that sort of polarization of training it doesn't come from you know um Uh, observation of normal folk. This comes from elite athletes. The problem within society we have is that we think that we're elite athletes and that we think that elite athletes must do 80% of the training at the high intensity when it actually couldn't be further from the truth. So I'm in total agreement with what Sonia is saying there, but I do think it's a a kind of disease of modern society where Mm. we're told that it's bigger, stronger, faster, more.
2: Yeah, more, 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 right? That, that uh, disease of more. And you see it in every aspect of what you're doing. And uh, no matter what device you purchase, there's always an upgrade available. And in so many ways, the journey that I've been on here with Sonia is towards accepting my pace, understanding that this is me, and that getting over the idea that people will be looking at you training is nearly flies in the face of strava because it's the presentation of what you've done Uh, we have such a range of athletes in the half marathon challenge i'm really excited to see how you grade this sonia as you prepare three separate um training plans now what were your thoughts this week when you were presented with our squad and you could see that there's the the low end, if we want to call it that, people like Brendan Dempsey who are getting out there, giving it a try, and their aim is to really get around the course. The middle tier would be myself in there. And then, you know, the Pamela Schofields who's run 50k last weekend and is flying in from Houston, going to give it a good lash.
0: Yeah, well, I think you kind of summed it all up there. And now I suppose what what we're going to do now is we're going to put numbers onto this and parameters which you know it's a good and a bad thing but I suppose we have to you have to have something to aim for and you have to have some numbers on there hmm. to give people an idea of where they're going and what they're going to need to do to get there yeah. so to me it looks like and i mean i have to probably do a little bit more you know notes and analyzing of it this week but i think we're looking at you know sub two hours around 145 and around one thirty would be the three different kind of targets and then there may be some people in there who just want to get around and they're not worried about the time at all and and we'll be able to help them with that as well and that's really just practicing time on your feet and getting used to spending you know that amount of time out there uh, running around the roads or the parks or wherever it is because even though you know, we do always encourage people to run on the soft surfaces and the parks if you can, as much as possible. At the end of the day, the half marathon is going to be on the road, so we'd have to do a little bit of practice on the harder surfaces so mm. that the body gets used to that as well. Because that's where you get a lot of pounding, and a lot of people will probably end up with, you know, sore quads the day after the race. Yeah. Um, so if we can prepare a little bit for that, then maybe we can. Reduce that a little bit and have people, you know, not so sore today after the race and um, wanting to come back and do it again.
2: Well, I'm really excited. Uh, I always am so excited when we have like this mission or we've got, you know, a direction. And you always say this, Sonia, you like going to visit places, but you like to have a thing to do, a reason to be there. We've really got a direction here now. And... If you want to take part, you don't have to be on the squad. You can still just join along. If you're not even training for a half marathon, you'll benefit from this journey. I'll put all of Sonia's training plans that she's going to give out in the notes for each episode. The notes are, of course, available from Premium Irishman Abroad on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. But as I mentioned earlier, and I want to play this for the two of you because Neil Fusco is one of our team captains. Uh, if you caught the show last week, we rang Neil and uh, let him know. And while he didn't uh, jump out of his chair with expletives the way Ashling de Maison did, <laughs> which was a true joy to listen to, I had the chance to get this voice note from Neil just to get a sense of where he is with his training and his thoughts going into this
1: hi jaron sonia what can i say it hasn't really sunk in yet i mean it's back to sonia sullivan there are different level of athletes uh even even among the elite, elite athletes and the very apex of that is olympic medalists and world record holders and that's sonia for ireland like a, a big regret of mine was i was due to go to uh parkrun cabin in t- 2018 bring my then three-year-old to see sonia run her 100th parkrun and bring her around in a running buggy and I wanted to show her the, the greatest Irish athlete of all time. And I was like, this was a girl. But I just circumstances generally just meant we couldn't make it on the day. And uh, now I have three little girls. And I get to say that Daddy's been trained for a race by the greatest Irish athlete of all time. I've been saying that phrase a lot recently. And with all that excitement, I'm absolutely breaking it, to be honest. Like, Not many things are once-in-a-lifetime opportunities, uh, but this one certainly is. And what if I twist my ankle? I'm, what if I, for the hundredth time, smash my toe off the door frame, hobbling around for a week or two? Or what if my dodgy knee for the last 12 months finally out of me? Like, there's not much I can do for the first two, except I no longer walk around barefoot anymore. But for my knee, I finally started doing all my prehab stuff, my stretching and mobility stuff before running. And even in the morning, I'm doing like a little bit of strengthening and mobility stuff, like <laughs> which I should have been doing for the last year. But, um. Yeah, just so excited. Just what can I say? Like, anyway, thanks so much, Darren, Uh Massively excited. Like understatement to say that. I can't wait to see how much I can learn and how far I can really push myself. All right,
2: talk to you soon. I love it, right? And I I love the honesty, first of all, from Neil, because he's really laying his cards on the table. He wants to do this as much as anybody who submitted for it, Sonya. But he's worried. He, he Bricking it, I think, is the term he used. <laughs> now, uh, Dom, when you see people like Neil Fusco come in who have a niggle or two who are approaching 40 or just past 40. And they're going, oh, God, I really want to do it. But it's in their head. There is this paranoia that injury is just lurking in the long grass for me. I'll go to you first, Dom. Like, what do you say to people in that situation? Before we ask Sonia the same question, what do you say to the Neil Fuscos or the people listening to this who are going, yeah, Antrim Coast half marathon would be great, but I'll probably be in smithereens if I tried to do this?
3: Yeah, is be prepared. So like take, uh, we can stick this in the notes, Charlotte. Take our our mobility test that we would do with all of our clients on day one. Figure out where the areas you've got some limitations in. So if you know, let's say, your glute on the, right hand side is the really tight side then that can have knock-on effects as he mentioned onto your knee if you know like your calves are super tight then that can have knock-on effects so you kind of find out where is your kind of like for want of a better phrase where's your achilles heel of where is the area that is always going to be a bit of an issue for you and then you've got to do what we call the three s's and this is all covered in youtube tutorials i've done so people don't need to look this up we can send on the links and the three s's are you do your soft tissue work which is that that's your massage like your self-massage whether it's a massage gun it's a foam roll a ball whatever you want to use number two is you do your strength work he's 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 doing a lot of that it sounds like and number three you do your stretching so just remember three s's and just keep in mind when we say strength work strength work doesn't look like what a bodybuilder does or what a rugby player does. Okay, so it's not the same thing. So we're talking about maybe very specific little exercises that will help you do the thing you want to do and continue to do it for a very long time. Doesn't matter if you're forty or seventy. I've got uh, I've got to go and see a cli- some clients in a the while. They're both seventy. Their strength work looks, you know. Oh, no, fairly simple stuff. But, we you know, we varied all the time because if they train a lot, so we change a lot. But they're essentially still working around those three S's the whole time. The client hmm. I'm actually going to go and see here now, I'll be running down on Sandy Mount with him. He's 70 this year, and I've run with him every week for about maybe 16 years now. Wow. And so, you know, I've seen his kids grow up and seen the benefits of him running on a regular basis, but we've kept it simple the whole time. Um, And funny enough, he's actually somebody that's worn a heart rate monitor uh, for the past 16 years as well. So it's very easy for me to keep him in the right zones then as well.
2: Hmm. So Sonia, I I know that uh, you've got a lot of thoughts on this too, because you also have had to deal with me and my paranoia around injury. Uh, Some of it is just ignoring me talking nonsense. (laughs) But uh, what is your go-to piece of advice for somebody like Neil, who's a little bit scared of uh, getting injured doing doing this?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you do have to... Listen to your body and be aware of any aches and pains and different things. But then you also need to be able to weigh up. You know, what can you run through or what can you manage, and mm. then what what do you have to stop for? And I suppose that's the thing that you know. After years and years of running, you you figure that out. And there's lots of things that you can run through, and you can manage. But it takes experience and I suppose a, a feeling to be able to do that. To know that if you go out and run that you'll come back and you're no worse. I think that's the big thing is if you've got any aches and pains, and some of them will be good aches and pains, especially after the first week of training, if we start doing things that people are not used to, like, you know, little interval sessions or fart legs or hill runs, longer runs. You will have these kind of aches and pains, but you need to figure out how to manage them. And, you know, what's a good one and what can you get through? Mm-hmm. And, you know... I suppose the thing is when do you have to stop and ask somebody an expert for advice is you know, if you have to go to a, a strength and conditioning coach and, and maybe, you know, that does help as well if you have little exercises that you can do. Warm up exercises Second, then when you get out you don't have those little aches and pains as you start to run. I mean sometimes if you're in a rush you might run out the door and you'll have these little aches and pains and you think, Oh, I didn't have time to stretch there, did I? I should have done that. Whereas, if you can, and I think the key is to to write things down and to make notes so that you remind yourself to do this, and you get into regular routines every day. Like, what do you do before you go out for your run? And take the time to do it. You know, even if it's little stretches to open up the different, you know, joints around your ankles, your knees, your hamstrings, your glutes, all all these places that you know they take a bit of wear and tear so Mm. you just need to wake them up sometimes particularly if you're running in the morning time or if you're running after sitting down at the desk all day sometimes you do need to walk about and stretch a bit before you lace up the shoes and run out the door and and then to start off slowly and to gradually build into the run
2: I am absolutely loving this chat, lads. Dominic, will you stay on and come with us for the second half of this show? We've can do. Uh, we've got so much more to get through over uh, in the second half. The juicy Patreon goodness, the lifeblood of our show, can't make the show without your support. So if you can support, you can enjoy twice the Sonia every Wednesday here and get access, as we said, to all of those training notes, the full training plan for the half marathon challenge, and of course Dominic's mobile test which will be integral to anybody who's returning from injury or trying to get out running for the first time it's all over there on patreon.com forward slash irishmanabroad
0: one of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically you know exercise wise